Hello, I'm Eric Nance, and you are listening to episode 26 of the Our Weekly Highlights podcast. Today, we are covering the highlights for issue 2021-W06, released on February 8th, 2021. This week's issue was curated by Tony Elhabar, with help from the R Weekly team members and contributors. Throughout the R community, and in many of the R Weekly issues, we see data scientists, engineers, and many others create amazing web applications thanks to the Shiny package. Even after the milestone release of version 1.0 almost three years ago to this day, the momentum of new features to aid developers and improve backend functionality has not slowed down. Now Shiny 1.6 is available on CRAN, and the Shiny team at our studio has packed immense new features that have already gotten the R community buzzing. In their post on the RStudio blog, software engineers from the Shiny team, Winston Chang, Carson Sievert, and Barrett Schlerke provide a detailed deep dive on these new capabilities. If you have been amazed at the eye-catching and powerful user interfaces seen in showcases like the Shiny Contest or conference demos, you may have thought that being a web design wizard was required to make that happen. Certainly, one can take Shiny interfaces in many new directions with expertise in CSS, but Shiny 1.6 now offers seamless integration with the recently launched BSLib and thematic packages to allow a much easier way to change the overall appearance of a Shiny app with much less effort than before. Thanks in large part to leveraging Bootstrap SaaS, and that stands for Syntactically Awesome Style Sheets, and not the programming language many in the life sciences industry deal with, you only need to change a few key variables impacting the style of many elements instead of finding each specific element one by one and updating their associated CSS rules. On the performance side, Shiny 1.6 now offers caching of not just plot outputs, but also any reactive or render-like construct which can save time and computation overhead when accessing certain elements again and again in an application session. In addition, functions are now available to help you control when reactive values or other render elements are reprocessed again, something that has been a struggle for many Shiny developers. The post also details the new features that greatly improve accessibility and laying the foundation for addressing this important area even further. In the recently completed RStudio Global Conference, Carson and Winston both shared their perspectives on the new theming and caching capabilities in their respective talks, which we will have links to in the supplements section of this episode's show notes. In the era of the modern web, we have seen many platforms offer collaborative editing features to help bring synchronous sessions for editing documents or collaborating on other products. Certainly one can think of products like Google Documents as one of the leaders in this mainstay, but what about for programming itself? Well, in the R community, there is now a new contender in the area of collaborative editing. And that is thanks to some of the great advancements in the VS Code Editor 
alongside the R plugins that have been featured in previous highlights on this podcast. Isabella Velasquez, data analyst at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, has shared her thoughts on an exercise of using this this capability within Visual Studio Code to collaborate on an R Markdown report and a new R package with her brother, making it not just a family affair of development, but also apparently with synchronous development too. The post gives very detailed instructions on setting up your compute environment to have the necessary packages available for both the RStudio side of things, if you want to get started with using that, and then transitioning over to Visual Studio Code and the necessary dependencies within that with the extensions needed to support what's called live sharing of sessions. In addition to installing all the prerequisites, Isabella's post also goes in great detail on the configuration files needed to be changed in order to support many of the functionalities one might expect to use for creating, say, an R package within Visual Studio Code, and then the important configurations necessary to enable live sharing with another person. One really interesting take on this live sharing functionality is that the guest session, if you will, does not necessarily need to have Visual Studio Code installed on their computer as they'll be able to access the host session directly from a web browser. That is certainly intriguing, especially if you're just trying out this feature for the first time and want to test it with somebody without giving them a whole lot of overhead to install software on their side of things. And as mentioned with other platforms for collaborative editing, once the guest has joined the host session, they're going to be able to see each other's edits in real time. As someone who has had multiple sessions with fellow colleagues at the day job and looking at their R session and seeing which part of the program editor they should change and just hoping there was a way to just magically type that in myself to help out with it, well, at least with this excellent tutorial from Isabella, this is a great way for others to now maybe get that Google Doc-like experience with developing R code in a team environment. Rounding out our highlights for today. As an object-oriented language, the R language has uh, the typical assortment of objects that one can use in their data analysis pipelines, such as character strings, booleans, numeric integers or decimal numbers, and much more. But one type of object that in my mind separates R from other constructs is the very powerful list object. The list object can contain any type of object in it without any restrictions on type. You can put as many things in the list and as deep as you want to go. Now, where does that fit in? Well, in his latest blog post, data scientist Tristan Mayer from the Wisconsin Intelligibility Speech and Communication Laboratory shows a great example of how lists have totally changed and improved his workflow of reproducible reporting. Tristan opens a post by sharing a workflow that many of us have used as we're creating objects in our various R workspaces. 
and that is to create objects that have a similar naming convention for a little more organization in terms of being able to tab complete them in our editor of choice. And that can certainly work well when you only have a small number of objects. But what happens if you have a lot of these objects? And what happens if you need to build these up time and time again? In the remainder of this post, Tristan walks through a modeling pipeline that's very familiar to those that have read, say, the R for Data Science book, in which he leverages the LME4 package to fit the model of, to model the growth of trees in each own zone condition, and then be able to tidy up the model statistics via packages like broom.mixed. And then once he has those results, he is able to generate list objects via the very powerful split function available in base R to create this organized collection of model statistics, which can then be easily integrated into inline R markdown reporting narrative. And not only does it work as advertised by getting the results inside, but when he reads the actual narrative that he put in there, it just makes a lot of sense. In almost every analysis project that I develop, no matter a narrative report, much like Tristan's example, or even in my shiny applications that I develop, the list object is immensely powerful and enables so many possibilities to organize these results in a succinct way. And those are your Art Weekly highlights for today. Even with winter in full effect in parts of the world, this issue is bound to bring some R-related warmth to your day with a loaded issue of great resources, including the CRAN release of the Targets package, a thorough analysis of the CRAN package submission queue, a brand new course to learn the powerful tidy text package, and much more. Want to catch up on the previous R Weekly issues as well as the current release? You can find the entire back catalog at rweekly.org by simply clicking the All link at the top of the page to see the entire archive right at your fingertips. And if you enjoy this very podcast, we would greatly appreciate you sharing your favorite episodes on social media. Have a great week, and we will be back with another batch of our weekly highlights next week.